Welcome to the BCP and Me, a podcast that explores the Book of Common Prayer as a manual for living out our lives. My name is Father Tyler Richards, and I am the rector of St. Anne's Episcopal Church in De Pere, Wisconsin. And I am joined here by Father Joshua Nelson and Mr. Matt Roney as we continue our exploration of the Book of Common Prayer and as we continue our conversation around the daily office. Happy second Sunday in Lent to both of you. That is the first time I think I've ever heard somebody say, Happy Lent. <laughs> now, we went to seminary and had a professor there who, whose Lent, I think, who Lent, excuse me, for whom Lent was probably her favorite time of year. Well, and Ash Wednesday was usually our quiet day, so it was, it was very nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this does give us kind of an opportunity. So normally we're recording and broadcasting these podcasts on a weekday. And during the week, we have Lesser Feast and Fast. We have High Holy Days, um, different saints that we're commemorating. But today is Sunday because we're all church people and schedules and it's 2021. And who knows? Um, so we've pushed it to Sunday, and Sunday takes precedence over everything. Everything gets moved out of the way for Sundays. Um, right. So today is the second Sunday in Lent. Not my, of Lent. My own personal little beef. It is not of Lent. It is in Lent. The Sundays don't count in the 40 days uh, from Ash Wednesday to Easter. But today, being the second Sunday in Lent, my brothers, let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So apparently, uh, based on information given to me by my companions here, we had a little bit of a discrepancy issue with the way that we talked about things with the daily office, meaning that we started talking about the Psalms and started talking about how great they are. And we don't need to go back down that road again because... God knows we talked about the Psalms plenty last week. But what we didn't talk about was where to find the readings so that one could do the daily office if they were so inclined. So if, if, if you were to pick up your Book of Common Prayer, and that's an easier task for some than others because some of these things weigh approximately 20 pounds. And if you were to go all the way into the back for our intents and purposes today, we're going to be turning to page 952 in the back of the Book of Common Prayer. What we find there is a set of readings and the lectionary that is set for the usage of the daily office, which leads to an interesting question, what year is it anyway? If you look down at the bottom of the page, on the left-hand side, you see Daily Office Year 1. If you look at the right-hand side of the page, you see Daily Office Year 2. 
And then if you look up, you can see that some of the readings for year one and year two are somewhat different. And in different places, you can see greater differences in the readings as you go along. Father Joshua, would you like to speak to why those, why the, the lectionary is set up the way that it's set up? Well, one, in a two-year cycle, we get through almost the entire um, collection of Scripture. Right. You are doing this every day, morning prayer, evening prayer, um, seven days a week. You're going to get through most of it. Two, we have one and two uh, based on even and odd years. However... The Christian year does not begin on January 1st. The Christian year begins at Advent. What year of the lectionary cycle you are on, it's based on uh, that larger year. So Advent of, that we are in now through the following Advent. So our Advent started in 2020, but the bulk of the year is 2021. So being an odd year, 2021, we are in cycle one. This year coming on the first Sunday of Advent, we will begin into cycle two for the daily office lectionary. Now, because, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and because we were actually chatting about this before we started recording, before realizing it would probably be a good question to cover on the podcast. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Sunday lectionary is a three-year cycle Year A, B, C. Correct. So, so the the Sunday lectionary is is alphabetical. The yes. daily office lectionary is numeric. So it's year one, year two. What Sunday lectionary year are we in right now? Currently, we're in year B. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, and and that lectionary cycle is part of the revised common lectionary which a lot of mainline denominations use to select their readings uh, for um, and have been doing so for uh, a number of years. I can't remember when the revised common lectionary came into use, but it is a completely different set of set of readings from, from the daily office. So for, for, for those of you playing the home game, if you would like to figure out where daily office or where your readings are, beginning today, which is sun, the, the Sunday beginning the week of 2 Lent, again on page 952, left-hand side of the page. If you look at the readings on, on Sunday, you can see that your, read, your psalms for the morning, the psalms are always listed first there. Psalm 24 and 29 would be the psalms that you would read for the morning. For this morning. For this morning. And then you see the little asterisk that divides the morning psalms from the evening psalms. And so your psalms for tonight would be 8 and 84. Now, underneath, those, those readings are for morning and for evening prayer. As far as I know, how you read those is actually left up to preference. Or is there a preferred method for doing this that I'm blissfully unaware of? There course, is a recommended way, which the is... Old Testament, New Testament, and Gospel? Yeah, how to split them between morning prayer and evening prayer. I can't remember what page it's on, but there is a recommendation for how you might split those should so, you decide to. So the recommendation that I've always done uh, and followed is 
um, morning prayer, doing the Old Testament and the epistle. Okay. And then an evening prayer, doing the gospel. And then there is room for some other reading. And okay. I'm, getting, I'm getting this from the monastery. They would do a reading of the saints or a reading from uh, a chapter from the Rule of Benedict. Or um, there are some wonderful resources out there. Uh, the one that I use is um, They Still Speak, which is writings of the saints. And usually it, it tries to line up with the saints that is being commemorated that day. And I'll do a reading of one of the saints or the Desert Fathers or something like that um, in addition for evening prayer. Now, I just want to say um, that for folks that are that are looking for kind of an outline of how this is meant to work, that is on page 934 uh, concerning the daily office lectionary. Uh, and this, the bit that I was thinking of that recommends one or the other is... Uh, when the office is read twice in a day, it is suggested that the gospel reading be used in the evening in year one and in the morning in year two. If two readings are desired at both offices, the Old Testament reading for the alternate year is used as the first reading at evening prayer. But it's also completely permissible to read all three, correct? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, hold the holy hand grenade of Antioch. <laughs> A lot of this. One, you shall count to three, <laughs> one, three, four. That's all this. Oh my gosh. All right. Listen, Brother Maynard, you're reading from the wrong book. Um, so, so much of this, like, like the canticles that you use in morning prayer, I think that the Book of Common Prayer often provides you with suggested. Um, yeah. In fact, it says so. When the office is read twice in the day, it is suggested. Mm -hmm. All may, some should, none must, that kind of rubrical work here. I think that whatever whatever rhythm, whatever cycle ends up working best for the person is probably the best way for that to go. As for me, I, I find myself when I'm praying the office, reading the Old Testament and the gospel in the morning and then getting to the epistle at night. Um, and, you know, depending on if you're a part of a community, your community has its own um, customary, its own way of doing things that will set set some of those recommendations. Um, if you use some of the, um, the aids that are out there for praying the office, like they have on forward movement, um, I'm sure that that Scott Gunn and all of his wisdom has his own way of figuring out how the readings are divided up um, and and so on and so forth. Um, but I do think it's interesting that depending on what year it is it affects when you read the gospel. And I, I wonder why that particular little proviso is is included. I would have to go and, and consult uh, and consult it. Consult the book of Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> my my only thought would be evening prayer, one that gets dropped by a lot of people. Um, so just making sure if, if you do have that tendency, then alternating it'll make sure that you get the gospel. <laughs> um, 
I will also do a plug here for um, Satucket, S-A-T-U-C-K-E-T dot com slash lectionary. Um, you go to the week of, and this gives you both the daily office readings and the daily Eucharistic readings um, that you can just kind of click on and it brings up the reading for you. But it also gives you the saint of the day. So tomorrow being March 1st is St. David of Wales. And you can click on St. David of Wales and you get um, a collect for St. David and you get a little brief history of St. David. And that's one of those nice things that you can read in addition to the whatever reading you're using um, in the evening. And, oh, this was the saint that we were commemorating today. Who on earth is David of Wales? <laughs> and uh, and to, to read a little bit, learn a little bit. And you know that supplementary reading will also help you fill out your Lenten madness bracket even more effectively if you if you know exactly. who the saint is coming up. You might be surprised exactly. at all the saints that you've encountered over the course of the year. I hear Lent Magnus has expanded onto TikTok this year. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh boy. I mean, if we're, if we're gonna start plugging Lent Magnus, we need to start getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what Scott can do for us. So again, if you're if you're interested in in finding the readings, I can tell you that it is now the the week of two Lent in year one, and that's on page nine hundred and fifty two in the lectionary for the daily office in the back of your book of common prayer. At the end of the episode, I'll also talk. We'll talk about some other resources that are out there to make incorporating the daily office into your life a little bit easier. Um, but getting back to the shape of the daily office, um, we've talked about the Psalms, and we and now we've talked at length about how to find the lessons. Um, yeah, I think now is as good a time as any to start talking about the canticles that come after. As, as, we, as we flip through this, we can see canticles beginning on page 85, and those canticles run all the way through um, page 95. If we're in form, if we're in rite two of the daily office. If you want, you can also go backwards and look at write one morning prayer. Page flipping is totally authentic. That's not a sound effect. And we can also find canticles there on pages 47 through 52. And so if you're wondering why your canticles on page 85 begin with canticle number eight. It's because canticles one through seven are actually found in right one. And just to caveat, you don't have to do those particular ones with right one or right two. Exactly. Uh, if you're doing right two and you want to do the song of creation, which is canticle one, you go back to page 47 and there it is. That is completely up to you. Mr. Roney, you look like you had a question. Or... Yeah, well, I don't want to get ahead of us. I was just going to say that um, when I was first learning how to do the daily office as a baby Episcopalian um, only a few years ago, um, I know that I was 
kind of overwhelmed by the selection of canicles and being yeah. new to it. I didn't really know the difference between a lot of them. And so the guide on pages 144 and 145 was extremely useful for me. I still use it now, um, which suggests um, canticles based on the day of the week, as uh, based on whether you're doing morning or evening prayer, as well as um, in some uncertain days of the week, suggestions for readings or for canticles to use during particular liturgical seasons. Uh, and that's very helpful. Well, that's also how you avoid your A words in Lent. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Those are deeply buried right now. If I say hallelujah, can we add the, can we bleep it out? I don't have a five second delay over here. Uh, so uh, I'll hear <laughs> I'll have to hear your confession later, I guess. I don't know. But. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. <laughs> Again, I think, and, and we did talk about this some with how you divide up your, your readings. The the canticles, I think, are are somewhat preferential. Um, if you're looking for a guide, I do think that guide that, that they put in the Book of Common Prayer is in there for a good reason, to give you a guide of, of which way to go. Um, but sometimes as I'm getting ready to do the office, I'll say, yeah, I'm going to pick the first song of Isaiah, or I'm going to do the Magnificat, or, you know, I'll just pick a couple uh, if I'm feeling particularly unruly that day. Um, what I... What I love about the canticles is they're all deeply rooted either in scripture or in our tradition. And they and they're meant to be responses to readings that we've just read. And so that's why we see them suggested where we see them suggested throughout the week is, you know, ostensibly the people who framed the lectionary knew what canticles were available and how to pair those. Um, or rather they knew how to pair the canticles to the readings. Um, and so you get, you know, what I think are pretty good responses on any given day to, to what's being read. Um, we, also, we also get kind of a response for the time of day. Right. Um, evening prayer or canticles are going to move us toward sleep and toward the end of the day and the, counting the stars in the sky. And in the morning, like one of my favorites, the third song of Isaiah, which is Canticle 11, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has dawned upon you. It's like, it's like a sip of coffee. Yeah. It, Especially when it's set to music, it's like a sip of coffee. It, it, it always brings to mind a particular piece that, uh, that our church choir uh, that we all sang a couple of years ago when we were still singing in church choir uh, that uses that setting. I feel like it's, it sets the music very well. It's very lively. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think pointing out that, you know, morning prayer, evening prayer, noonday prayer, that the themes are there uh, to help sort of drive the day along is, is also a really important point because that's another thing that the office really encapsulates is not just seasons of our life in the sense of the long length of our life, but also what time of day it is. It helps roots us, or it helps to root us in the movement of the world around us. Yeah, it, it brings us into the present, into the now. Mm -hmm. It is noonday, the sun is high, I am tired. Like, 
that's another podcast, another episode later, but it is first thing in the morning. God forgive me for the sins that I have committed. Um, and um, help me throughout this day. Get me to evening. Hmm. I know when it is. I know where I am. I know who you are, O oh Lord. You are here with me. A, a good way to root and keep us in the present moment, for that's all we have. Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow, for today has enough troubles of its own. And so staying rooted in here and now helps us stay faithful, helps us to be in touch with what what is within our power to deal with. And, um, and as that great sage Rafiki once told us, it doesn't matter, it's in the past. So... Matter, it's in the past. Yeah. <laughs> The present is now, and that's all there is. Anything else we want to say about the canicles? Aside from the fact that they're beautiful and they really some of the most elegant nuggets of scripture that are that are part of our tradition as Christians? Just that there are settings to it in the 1982 hymnal and in um, the uh, additional musical settings for the church um, that are available to you. And if you enjoy singing, sing them. They are, they are canticles, which means songs. They are meant to be sung. So um, as I think Matt said last week, he who sings praise twice. Um, so yeah, sing. When you're by yourself, sing. We can't do it in a large group. So when you're by yourself, sing to the Lord, make a joyful noise even if you're not very good at it. I, I should also say that Matt's uh, quote, whether it was from him or from another source of the Psalms is Jesus's prayer book, got rave reviews. <laughs> I heard all about that from all corners of the world. People sort of leaning back and grasping their pearls going, holy cow, that was great. Um, <laughs> Not to not to further inflate your ego, my friend, but uh, that was... I mean, I had the same response when I when I heard that because because I I just wish I could remember where. If yeah. anyone knows where that came from, who the person is that we can credit with that, uh, by all means, please let us know. Somewhere in my head, I'm hearing N.T. Wright, but it could be somebody else. It could be yeah, somebody it could. Else. So um, as we move out of the canticles, we move into an affirmation of our faith, the Apostles' Creed. Um, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed being very similar in a lot of ways, the Apostles' Creed is an individual affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. If you're praying this office individually, it is another way to root yourself in reminding yourself what your faith is. And these creeds are ancient, being part of our faith tradition for at least the last 1,700 years in most cases. Um, and just as a way to remind yourself of the faith that you have committed yourself to live into. Um, and the Apostles' Creed is the version of our affirmation of faith, which is used primarily in our baptism. Right. And the renewal of our baptism. So whenever I hear or say the Apostles' Creed, I'm reminded of my baptism, which comes with a lot of baggage. Um, good baggage, but 
what a great way to start the day and say, oh yeah, I am baptized. I am Christ owned forever. Therefore, this is my responsibility. And, and yeah, and, and furthermore, I am baptized and therefore I believe in God, the father almighty. Yeah. Uh, a way to root us in, which takes us on to the portion of the office that we thought we were here for the prayers. Oh, oh suddenly there are prayers. Suddenly we're praying <laughs> as if we haven't been praying with scripture all all the way along as if we haven't already been encountering God and God's word. Um, a whole episode and a half into morning prayer and we finally get to prayer. And we finally get to pray. Uh, if, you <laughs> the first, if you missed the first part of this podcast, you have to go back and listen to it to understand what we're referencing. But there is so much richness before you even get to the portion of the daily office called the prayers. Um, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, the way that the conversation worked out. Um, and so after a brief salutation, what are we confronted with? The very original pattern of prayer given to us by Jesus himself, except for the doxology at the end, which is a 16th century innovation. But we have, we have the form of prayer that Jesus gives to his disciples. Joshua looks confused. I, I'll talk to you later. Because okay. um, <laughs> um, I read a whole paper on this, and, but that's a whole other podcast. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but the, the, the prayer that Christ taught us that has continued since, I mean, it's the Lord's prayer that gets me like, Jesus's hymnal or Jesus's prayer book gets you. Mm -hmm. um, it is the Lord's prayer that is found across denominations of the Christian faith all around the world in every different language. In fact, Father Tyler, I don't know if you went to mass at St. George's in Jerusalem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... but so most of the service is in English, and, and this happens all over the place over in Palestine and Israel, that you get to the Lord's Prayer and everyone is invited to say it in their own language at the same time. It's and I'm going to start weeping. <laughs> it's it's um, cost to be in a space like that and to hear the Lord's Prayer being spoken in English and Arabic and all the different languages gathered therein. It, it is also the portion where I always, I take a particular stance. I take a particular stance when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I hold my, my hands out like I'm grabbing someone else's hand because this is a tradition in a lot of places. This was the tradition at the Catholic school where I taught everybody held hands when praying the Lord's Prayer. So even when I stand by myself and I take that stance in my head and in my heart, I see all of my friends, all of my family, those who have gone before, those who have not yet come, all of my former students, everyone in that moment with me is holding hands. Mm -hmm. And there's this powerful connection for the Lord's Prayer. So, okay. So having also grown up at Catholic school, that was our, our ritual where everyone really the whole church ideally, but it, it, certainly my grade, we're all standing holding hands throughout Catholic school. 
And my wife and I do that now as adults in the Episcopal Church. We'll take hands. We'll hold hands during the Lord's Prayer. When I pray it, both uh, doing the daily office and at church, I, ha I stand in this kind of expansive gesture. Where does that come from? I mean, it's a corporate prayer, but like, all I'm, right, yeah. I have no idea. Because it's, it's pervasive. Know, yeah, I just know that the first time I led all school mass at the Catholic school, and all of a sudden the students are grabbing my hands and we're all praying the Lord's Prayer together. It was a powerful, powerful moment. But it's so... There is something about that, the one body of Christ. It's this... so interesting too, because otherwise the posture that I know I was always taught for prayer is kind of a, kind of a, a you know, hunched over, sort of like closed in, hands together sort of, of, of posture. But then that... You, you'd think that we, you know, do this expansive gesture for like the creeds, right? Or something like that. But it's just the Lord's Prayer. And I find that fascinating. And I wonder if that's how ecumenical it is, how much it just spreads across Christendom. And yes, I see Josh is, Joshua is frozen. Well, while, while Joshua is frozen, I can do what we're contractually obligated to do. And that is to get in our one musical reference in every podcast and talk about that the place that that comes from is, of course, Tradition. Tradition. Uh, some Rodgers and Hammerstein today. So, I mean, uh, Fiddler on the Roof this week for you. Uh, uh, and and as uh, Josh is still having some connection issues on his end as we're all Zooming together. It's interesting that we bring up... The... That's not Rodgers and Hammerstein. I just have to correct myself. I have, yeah, I have no, embarrassed my musical nerd self. That is not Rodgers and Hammerstein at all. But continue. Will, I'm sorry. I, will, I just had I to go also on. Hear, I will also hear your confession later. Um, That's important. I think I have sinned gravely. But <laughs> like a fiddler on my roof. Postures in prayer are something that is also like a deep part of our tradition. During during the mass, the priest um, stands behind the table with their arms up in this sort of you know halfway field goal kind of position that we all call the orons position which is a symbol of praying on behalf of the congregation. We together are offering up this prayer. Um, and so it, it seems right that when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, that we have this outward sort of extension of our hands as if to say, we're all praying this together. Um, but it's interesting how that particular gesture developed at that particular point um, as a symbol of unity. Well, and um, the other traditional, ancient traditional um, form in body of prayer for Christians is on the floor, on your knees, head on the floor, which if you do, a lot of people will say, well, that's how Muslims pray. That's how you pray in Islam. Well, it's taken from ancient Christians who would take on that posture and face Jerusalem. So, it's nice not a coincidence. <laughs> no. Nice little sidebar there. We have a shared heritage. Mm, we are. We're all related. So another place where scripture and tradition are intersecting inside of our prayer book, inside of our tradition. Hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
it's almost like we have a three-legged stool that the church sits on that's scripture, reason, and tradition. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure that'll never catch on. <laughs> after, after we're presented with the model of prayer, and God knows we could do a whole podcast on just the Lord's Prayer, so I'm not sure we want to tumble down that rabbit hole just yet. Yeah. Um, we have the suffrages. And I'm not sure about the origin of the suffrages, but if we look at them with scrutiny, we can see that they each have sort of their own themes running through them. Um, well, there's a lot of, you can, um, you get tastes of the Psalms mm -hmm. in them. Mm -hmm. It's like it's been spiced with the Psalms. Right. Is which set of suffrages one does on any given day purely discretionary? Okay. I myself I tend to alternate A B A B A B uh and just flop back and forth. That way I'm getting the rhythm of all of those prayers in my head. That's the way I do it. Um your results may vary. Well, you've talked about uh like the word origin. Do we know where suffrages comes from? Uh, we do not. Do you, Father Joshua? I'm looking right now to see if we can add this in. <laughs> Suffrages etymology. Oh, so uh, suffragarium in Latin, suffrage in French, and it means intercessory, for, and uh, then comes to us as suffrage from the late Middle English. Oh, huh. intercessor interesting. prayer. Interesting. How, how interesting that we have the pattern of prayer and then we enter into this period of intercessory prayer as we tumble. Which, Go ahead. Means what? What is intercessory prayer for our, our novice listeners? Well, as you have interceded to bring up the point, perhaps you would like to speak more on it. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, speaking on to present something on behalf of. Right. Right. We, we ask one another to intercede, to speak to God, to seed in between, to, to speak for us, essentially, um, on our behalf. Um, some of us who have a more Anglo-Catholic bent will ask the saints to intercede on our behalf. It's like asking for a friend to pray for us, mm -hmm. to offer prayers on our behalf to God Almighty, to pray with us. Um, intercessory prayer is, is something that is almost instinctual for Christians. Um, we say to people, I will pray for you, or will you pray for me? And, yes, I will, or, or yeah, let's pray now. And it's just something that we do is, is lift up these these desires and needs to almighty God. Uh, well, and the suffragists may be something that you are not doing in community. It may very well be something you are doing by yourself first thing in the morning or before bed in the evening, but the suffrages, the intercessions are collective. Yes. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world for only in you can we live in safety. It is, we are praying on behalf of ourselves and our sisters and brothers in Christ. 
it, it is the whole of, of the Christian faith crying out. Yes. And as a representative of that faith, as an individual who practices that faith, I can pray as a part of that whole body. It's one speaking for all and all speaking for one. It's, it's part of this mystical Jesus arithmetic that we find ourselves caught up in where we're part of the one and yet we are many. Um, all of us speaking together. And like we talked about last time, all of us praying for each other as the world spins around on its axis. So thank God somebody's praying for me right now. Uh, uh, listeners of this podcast may be praying for us and we don't even know it. Uh, and if you're not, please do. And please start now. Like you're, you're behind if you haven't already started praying for us. Did you hear me misattribute Fiddler on the Roof? Like, I need prayers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then after the suffrages, we come to the collects, not collects, collects beginning with the collect of the day. Now, some days, as we've talked about, will be days that are attributed to a particular saint. Um, and then there are those other days that don't have a particular saint or a particular commemoration for that it's totally appropriate to pray the psalm from the preceding Sunday on. That's often what I do for collect of the day is, is pray the collect from the preceding Sunday. Um, so this, the colic for the second Sunday of Lent is something that will be a part of my morning prayer all week long, unless it's a saint day. And then there's a prayer for that particular saint that day. The colic for the day is, is, um, is also the colic that I will use during Mass for the rest of the week, unless there's a saint that is being commemorated that day. But, and how wonderful that that is something that um, draws you back to Sunday, draws you back to the principal day of worship. And, and roots you in what, what it is that, you know, that focus of that Sunday was all about, right? You know, uh, what is the community thinking about this week? You know, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your son. I could pray that the rest of my life and still probably screw it up, but uh, I'm going to keep myself rooted in that collect, you know, keep praying that. So maybe as that, you know, it becomes a part of my DNA somehow. And then, after the collect of the day, we have various thematic collects, a collect for Sunday, a collect for Fridays, a collect for Saturdays, a collect I mean, for, sorry? I, I just want to say, to point out the collect for Saturday being one of my favorites. Almighty God, who after the creation of the world rested from all your works and sanctified a day of rest for all your creatures, hello. Grant that we putting away all earthly anxieties may be duly prepared for the service of your sanctuary and that our rest here upon earth may be a preparation for the eternal rest promised to your people in heaven. If you have not received one lately, take this as your friendly priestly admonition to keep a Sabbath day and to keep it holy. It doesn't have to be Saturday. 
but there needs to be a time where you take off from all of your work, all of your anxieties, and just rest throughout the week. Remember that remember that Jesus took naps and you should too. I mean, if it's good enough for Jesus, uh, I'm just saying if anybody wants to advocate for napping, you can point to Jesus and say, it's a practice of my faith that we take naps. I think we should I think we should push for greater acceptance of naps in the workday. Um I am fi- I'm filing this away to use at a later time. <laughs> <laughs> um but all of these collects which you are allowed to say one or more of. So if it's if it's Saturday, you know, it's appropriate to pray the collect of the day, the collect for Saturday. Maybe you want the, to pray the collect for the renewal of life, a collect of peace, a collect for grace, a collect for guidance. The prayer book does not put a limit on the number of these collects that you can pray, um, one or more. So pray as many of them as you like. And then we get over to 100, where the rubrics, that's the italic text, says, then unless a Eucharist or a form of general intercession is to follow, one of these prayers for mission is added. Prayers for mission, prayers for the ongoing work of the church are offered. And then after all of that, after the bulk of the office has been prayed, on page 101, if you are in right to morning prayer, After here may be sung a hymn or an anthem, if you choose to sing, you can sing if you want to. Authorize intercessions and thanksgivings may follow. Here, you have rooted yourself in Scripture. You have been bathed thoroughly by the Word of God. You have... You have let it permeate your heart and your mind. You have been reminded of who you are as a Christian. You have been reminded what your beliefs are. I'm starting to get chill bumps. You've had this opportunity to pray for all of these things, and then we get to the point in the office when we offer our intercessions, those things that we pray for for other people, and thanksgivings. The text says authorized intercessions and thanksgivings may follow. I think it's so important that the frame the writers of the prayer book use the conjunction and there and not or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is as we have marinated in the rest of morning prayer, I think the re- one of the reasons this is so late is all that time has allowed our selfishness to melt away, mm. to wash away. Um, you know, we've thought about the poor the hungry, those who have died, those uh, who are depressed, 
those who need help. So then we get to this point and say, you know what, God, I thank you for what I have, little though it may be. Um, we become the publican at the temple, mm. Mm -hmm. unwilling to raise our head because of what God has given us. Cultivating within us that sense of gratitude and, and keeping us mindful as we often pray, keeping us mindful of the needs of others. Um, it, it's such a profound moment that so often is, I, I worry is skipped over in this that and, and maybe it's something that I'm guilty of in my own life that I get to this point in the office and I go, God, I've got this and I've got this and I've got to worry about this and I've got this going on. I don't stop to think, Tyler, there are, those are for intercessions and thanksgivings. And to have that moment to express that gratitude to God for all of the blessings that God has poured out on my life, that I get to share this share this world with such great people that I get to make podcasts with great people um, that, you know, I get to uh, be the rector of, of a parish in Wisconsin that I, I get all of this great things that I have the world's cutest baby. Let's not forget that I have the world's cutest baby. That actually might uh, be true. And uh, you know, that I can be thankful for all of these things and that the, the prayers allow me to, to both pray for my needs and the needs of others, but also have this moment to offer it back to God, to say, thank you for all of this. Well, and then I might us to do it. That then appropriately leads us the last kind of corporate thing of, of the daily office is the, the Thanksgivings, mm -hmm. the general Thanksgiving and the prayer of St. Chrysostom. I tend to personally, when I pray the office by myself, apologies for that. Yeah. When I pray the office by myself, I tend to use the general thanksgiving. Uh, when my wife and I pray it together, we tend to use the prayer of St. Chrysostom because it feels more corporate. Two or more are gathered together in his name. Uh, um, or both. We'll just do both because sometimes we just like overkill. Um <laughs> But is does that does that make sense? That's that's just kind of how it feels to me. I I was totally that way until seminary, and then if I'm away when I was away from the community, praying it, I looked at the prayer of Saint Chrysostom, and all of a sudden I was like, "We're it's that there is constant prayer, right?" I was reminded that somewhere around the world at every moment of the day, somebody is praying. So when I got to the prayer of St. Chrysostom, Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. It's not just me. When I pray in my own little prayer closet, in my own little office, by myself, it's not just me. One, I am joined by those who are praying all around the world. And two, the prayers of the saints and the angels. Um, there's a great quote. I'm gonna, hmm, there's a great quote that says, um, remember your mammal's prayers are still working. Are you gonna clutch your pearls now? 
Mammoth prayers are still working. Even if your grandmother is not on this earth anymore, your grandma's prayers are still working. Our great cloud of witnesses. Our great cloud of witnesses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a common supplication to you. You have promised to your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered in your together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us. Not as we want, but as may be best for us. I love granting that line. Us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. And that's why I can buy, be by myself and pray a corporate prayer. And the interesting thing, now this is where the English degree comes out. We are not located in proximity to each other. We are not gathered so much in proximity to each other, but we're gathered together in a purpose. We are gathered together in Jesus's name. Gathered together in his name. No, it's in one car, in one accord. Well, I mean, you know, it, it depends on what he's driving that day. Hey, we but, don't speak of our accord. Uh, but at least not our own. It's 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 not just about spatial relation as it is about the common purpose, the common uh faith that we all share. We're gathered together if nothing else, we're gathered together in that. It was something about the way that you you broke that down, Father Joshua, that made that prepositional phrase in his name really pop off the page for me that time, that Hmm. we're gathering in Jesus. And so we may be in somewhere in whichever part of Ohio you are right now, or we may be in Traverse City, Michigan, or we may be in Wisconsin, we are gathered together in the name of Jesus to make our common supplication. And if if the pandemic has taught us nothing, it should have taught us that truth. Right. Last night, when I was with my father driving back from Indiana to Ohio, and I got on my phone on Facebook, and our friend Greg, uh, who was dean of the college in Jerusalem, is now dean of the cathedral um, in, in Australia and I'm watching their service live, their Sunday morning service live last Mm -hmm. night. We are thousands upon thousands of miles apart. Um, he's standing at the altar, has no idea that I'm online right now, but we are praying together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really, I think that's one of the great I think that that shared prayer life is honestly one of the great innovations of the Book of Common Prayer. Not that Christians weren't already praying together, but that that really that that idea that this way that we pray together is what binds us mm-hmm. is is so central to me. That's that's like this core of Anglicanism. Um, and uh, and yeah, I feel like this is where that's best expressed in the daily office. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And that's that's one of the things that that drives me to continue to pray this office is that it's also my job to be praying for other people too. I can't just chalk this up to 
oh, it's Monday. Joshua's over there and he's praying the daily office and he's praying for me too. No, I've got to pull my weight in this. I get to pull my weight in this. It's mm-hmm. it's also part of my Christian duty to pull my weight in this. It is your office. It is my office to, to do these prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly there's a lot of rich text in the great Thanksgiving that we could get into. Uh, talking about God's grace and God's providing for us and and giving ourselves over to the service of God, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is a prayer that worked its way down into my heart on a little mountain in the middle of Tennessee called Swanee. It taught me how to pray the office with a group of other people. Um, the general Thanksgiving is it, it's more than general. It is, it is a deeply rooted sense of, of gratitude for, for God's goodness and loving kindness to us and to whom all God has made. And it just really encompasses so much. Well, and then I, there's this wonderful bookend of the the daily office that we, you know, we had washed ourselves the word of God and scripture, and then we went into the prayers. And how do we end with a quote of scripture? It always ends. It always ends with scripture. scripture. Yeah. The officiant may then conclude with one of the following, and this is on... Uh, page 102 for morning prayer two, but they are all um, writings of the apostle Paul. And also, and also deeply doxological praise, praising God. Who reminds us um, to go out into the world and and take this with us. Um, you can shoot me down and 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 edit this out, Father Tyler. But what if uh, each of us takes one of these um, concluding uh, benedictions to close us out today? I'm not going to shoot that down at all. I think that's a perfectly good place uh, for us to do that. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It has been an incredible two-episode journey just through the practice of the office with the two of you. Just morning prayer. Just morning <laughs> prayer. Um, uh, before we go, I do want to point out some of the resources on our website, uh, bcpandme.com. If you go to our website and click on the resources tab up in the top right-hand corner, you're going to find a whole page of resources. And a couple of those things that you're going to find is a podcast for morning prayer called Morning at the Office, and a podcast for evening prayer called An Evening at Prayer. 
Um, these two podcasts will help you pray the daily office um, in a way that that shows you how it's done, that will let you listen to it and that you can unite yourself into. Um, it's, it's a beautiful way to get the office in, perhaps on your commute, uh, perhaps while you're sitting in your office just beginning your day. Um, perhaps, you know, as as you're waiting in the doctor's office or something and you've got your AirPods in, maybe listen to morning at the office or at the end of the day when you may be just completely wrung out from the day and you need somebody to pray for you, plug that in and listen to the words of morning and evening prayer. Forward Movement has their own um, app to help you pray the office at your own pace on their website. Um, it preloads the readings and the Psalms and everything for you. And it even syncs itself up to where you are to give you the correct office to pray at the correct time of day. So if it's appropriate for you to pray morning prayer, it will show you morning prayer or noonday prayer or evening prayer. Um, I dare say that there are more broadcasts of Compline available now online than has ever been at any other point in the world that you can find online. These resources are out there, but we're happy to share these two podcasts with you. Um, one, because I know the creator of, of these podcasts, and two, because I think they're solid, and it helps cultivate a place for prayer in our own lives as we do our duty as Christians, as we carry out our office of praying the daily office. I'll also add that because we are exploring the Book of Common Prayer, um, at the top of our website, there is a contact us tab and you can send us an email. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your questions? Uh, as we continue our way, you'll know where we're going. If you have a copy of the book of common prayer or look online, just see what comes next in the index. That's our next episode. Um, or if you have something you want us to uphold in prayer that we're here for that. And send it to us in the email, and we will remember you in our own intercessions and thanksgivings as we come before God each day. A special thank you to our special guest for these last two episodes, Matt Roney, for being a part of this and for sharing his own journey and his own practice of the daily office with us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you guys so much. It's great to be here. We'll, uh, we'll have to have you back on sometime. And uh Cause, cause some more trouble later and maybe expand episodes out into multiple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what can happen on this podcast? Uh, so uh, on behalf of all of us here at the BCP and me, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you for making us a part of your ongoing journey with Christ. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you.